0: I'm Jenny Galuzzo, co-founder of The Second Shift. Welcome to our podcast, where we talk all things women, work, and well-being, how they intersect, our competing forces, and how to create and maintain personal and professional alignment in your life. Let's do this. Women and their financial health and literacy can be a very tricky topic it can trigger a lot of fear and shame. We as women are often not taught about money, how it works, how to handle it, and how to use it to feel proud, safe, and secure. That's why Lacey Garcia started Willow. It's a platform that provides coaching on financial literacy at every career and life stage and connects you with financial life coaches. This conversation goes deep, and it inspired me as well as many on the Second Shift team, to get curious and to start being mindful about our money. Okay. Women's financial wellness, women's financial health is such an important topic because it's something that touches everyone. It's something that has a lot tied up in it, in emotion, in shame, in pride, in insecurity and self-confidence, all of the ways that women can both help themselves and self-sabotage. So this is something that we really need to talk about, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Lacey Garcia, who is the CEO of Willow, that is a female-focused fintech and financial education platform. And we are also joined by Candice McGarvey, who is a financial life coach, which is just a term I think is fabulous, who works with Willow. And we're going to have just a, a free reign conversation about the history of women in and why finance is such a tricky topic and how we can get past that and move forward into this new world and and optimize for success. So welcome, Lacey. Welcome Candice. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Jenny,
1: thank you so much for having us.
0: This is great. And the minute I heard about Willow, I was like, we gotta, we gotta get Lacey on here. This is just you're you're such a great mascot for this topic. So I really appreciate you taking your time to be here. I know, I think it's really sad because financial health and your financial wellness and your financial mindset is so important. We tell women to go out there and to make their own money and how important it is to have your own money. And then often it's like, okay, now what, what do I do with it? What am I supposed to do now? I have the money and it's like you get frozen and it's such a place where women feel like triggered. And I'm, I'm saying this from my own personal feelings as well, where we're not taught how to deal with money. We're not taught what to do. And so then all of a sudden you don't know what to do and you feel really shitty that you don't know what to do about it. Why did you start Willow? Is this, is this something that you also dealt with?
1: A hundred and fifty percent, Jenny. In fact, you know, I want to just start by saying if you don't feel confident, if you do feel ashamed, if you feel like you don't know what you're supposed to know, well, you are one of many. You are, first of all, just not alone. Um, In fact, I think only about 19 percent of all women feel that they have their act together when it comes to their money and i for one was part of the majority who didn't feel like they had their act together in in multiple multiple ways and that is why i started willow it was based off of my own personal experience first i i set out in my career I started in the education in the nonprofit sector. I never in a million years thought that I would be running a fintech company a couple of decades later. Um, I also never thought that I, I had anticipated my career being kind of an important piece of my life, but but second to family. And, you know, when I I got married, I, I did not expect to become the breadwinner. I did not expect to be in charge of my family finances. Um, You know, and it turns out that 80 to 90% of all women at some point in their lives will find themselves being in charge of their finances and when they didn't expect to be. And I had that experience in a couple different ways. Um, So for starters, I, you know, ended up first on the career path. I ended up becoming a private banker, so a financial advisor. And and I did that sort of mid-career and And I got to see sort of inside out, I think what has historically been wrong with financial services and the advisory, wealth management and kind of how we talk to and how we treat women and why so many women understandably feel like they're alienated, feel you know that that they don't have a good relationship necessarily with their advisor. They don't feel like their husband's advisor actually cares about them or you know tries to have a relationship with them. And especially if if the women who are, are, are on this call, if they're, if you're the, the breadwinner, the, the 25% of women uh, who are running, you know, the main breadwinner or, or, or uh, like feel that they're being talked down to by their advisor. So I kind of have that experience. But then myself and my personal journey was one where I first of all, you know, I felt like an imposter because here I am. All of a sudden, I'm the private banker. I'm working with ultra-high net worth clients, people who have hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm, you know, was really the quarterback, but but was was connecting them and taking care of helping them take care of their finances. And then it came to my personal life, and I didn't have a handle on it in any way, shape, or form. And there were lots of complications, and I won't get into the dirty details of uh, what ended up happening with my, you know, my marriage, and then my divorce, and living through some really awful experiences, you know, sort of surviving through things. And when it came to my own my own finances, A, I didn't fall into the, you know, I wasn't at the ultra high net worth level where I was going to get the personalized support that I was providing to my clients. B, e, like, I was ashamed. I, I didn't want to admit that I didn't know these things. How could I have ended up in this position? All the you know, all of that, I lived it. And, you know, that is really where Willow was born out of because I got access to a coach and really Willow and Candice McGarvey, who's here with me today, who's one of our financial life coaches, you know, is focused on like, let's like take all the taboo away. Let's make you, the last thing in the world we want you to do is feel bad about yourself, right? We have enough other stuff going on, but the reality is, you know, whatever it is, whatever your circumstances are today, whatever your, you know, your challenges, however, you, you might be by the way listening to this and be totally on top of it and feeling like you just want to up level and and really kind of, you know, learn more about investing and, and, and diversify, or you could be sitting here and feeling ashamed, right? And, and, and the reality is, and I, I know all the women who are connected to the second shift are all incredibly smart, you know, and talented, but that has no bearing on whether or not you are in control financially. And as you said, I mean, you know, historically we weren't set up to expect that we had to be in control, in charge. You know, we weren't taught how to like balance your checkbook. Like you weren't, <laughs> this, these crazy things with our, with our multiple advanced degrees, we didn't necessarily learn these things, Jenny.
0: Well, it's like, I can't tell you how many women myself included, who I hear about this from friends and I've seen it happen within the Second Shift community where we are, as women... Such strivers and so well educated, and you go out and you're like, you know, you killed it at school, and you got into the college, and then you got the career, and then you got the job, and then you're like, killing it at the job, and then all of a sudden, wonder you're like, I'm making all this money, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with it. Who do I trust it with? Like, is that guy the guy? How do I know which guy's the guy? What am I supposed to do with this money? And you don't want to go and like ask your dad or like, like that just feels so lame after you're this like big, strong, powerful woman who's like achieved so much. And then there's this like little piece that you're carrying around of confusion and, and like I said, doubt, shame, fear, all of it. But Candace, I want to go back for a second because when you think about the history of women and money, it's almost like it's the financial patriarchy and is the cycle we have to break because women didn't get their own credit cards until the 70s. I mean, mm-hmm. I was born in the 70s. We couldn't take out loans without a male cosigner, like until the around the same time. So there is an epigenetics that is still living through us because we have to, you know, we have to break that that pattern.
2: Yeah. Well, and those generational cycles, breaking that pattern is not easy, right? And what we found is that women were, once we we were able to participate in financial stuff, we were coming into what was a male-dominated industry because we had never really been part of it. And you can see evidence of that still today. If you've noticed the stock ticker, that goes at the bottom of the screen when you're watching the news that's modeled after the sports ticker and what's interesting is especially uh when you look at what is happening in a man's brain versus a woman's brain when they're talking about finance in a woman it is activating the part of the brain that talk, that is more related to security and in a man's brain it is it is activating the part that is looking more at hierarchy or almost competition. So what you see is an industry that has been built on this concept of competition. And so if we feel out of water in that it's because we are. Um, so one of the reasons we started Willow was to start propagating the idea that you don't have to do it a man's way, right? There's a lot of ways that women have Innate skill sets that make them really great investors. For example, women tend to prefer to buy and hold. That's because they're looking to have a long term return. They don't want to try to churn the account and trade every day and see if they can get just a little bit more. They're just, they would like to buy and hold. And it turns out that that is actually a better way to invest for the long term. Shocking. So, you know, we are in an industry that we're having to sort of remake. Uh, so that it fits the way women think a little bit more. So that's why we decided that coaching um, was really what was needed to be able to provide not just the practical side, but to also include the emotion because money is an emotional topic.
0: Also, it's tied to so many emotional things because it's tied to like the good things, Right. Mm -hmm. Money is tied to like, I want to buy a house. Yay. That's a celebration. I got divorced. That's a terrible situation. I want to have a baby. You know, all of these big things that are emotional are tied in so many ways to money. So it's something that you can't get away from. So you really need to embrace. And I'm saying this to myself as I'm saying this out loud.
1: Well, and I, Jenny and, I, and Candace, I want to just jump in on that and saying that it's not just a male-female thing either, or a man kind of woman thing, right? It's all sort of genders. And I think that what's, what is exciting, and I just came back from this, the Tiburon CEO Summit, which is historically, I mean, I think there were 20 women out of 250 kind of women in the wealth management. It's a very prestigious wealth management event. But what was one of the leading kind of trends and topics on the main stage is not only the importance of Actually, the industry transforming to better serve women and previously underrepresented groups. But the reality, the money is emotional and that, that, that it is driven. 70% of financial kind of decisions are driven by emotions. And it's not just us, right? It's it's realistically most people, right? And the reality is that the, the industry and the approach is antiquated and it needs to transform, right? Because at the end of the day, you said whether or not it's a positive and a exciting and, and great event, and you've got lots of money, but you still need to navigate those, you know, kind of happy moments and those positive like cash flows, or you know it's a challenging and you know and 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 kind of difficult period. From it, really a lot of it is about the emotions and kind of knowing how to manage those. Get the knowledge, the information, have the confidence that you need to be able to make the right decisions. And you know what? We can't do it alone, right? We need to be able to get access to to the right information and the right guidance and kind of trusted experts. And 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 but we also need to also have ourselves be in a place and have that mindset, right, where we we can then feel empowered to be able
0: to make the right decisions. Okay. Walk me through what Willow exactly does, because I know you have a variety of services that you offer. And if somebody's interested in learning more and taking part in what your offerings are, it's really about that empowering piece of it and the mindset piece of it. It's not about like, this is where we're going to tell you to put your money. So what sets you guys apart? What is the thesis behind Willow?
1: So at a high level, um, we are helping to transform financial services to better serve what we call the new majority, which is women, which is previously kind of underrepresented groups, which is members of the LGBTQ plus community. And also with a real focus around the emotions in the life events, such as widowhood, divorce, fertility and adoption, career entrepreneurship. And so we are, but, but, but if you're for the, people who are listening to this podcast today you can come to willow and sign up for free for education and tips so we have content we have a library of videos and short articles everything was designed by the way to be really easy to read in between you know meetings or school pickups or whatever it is you know while you're on the peloton like we want this to be kind of relevant and easy it's all focused around Who are you? What's your life journey? What's the quick information? So that we're eliminating just at first that 20 to 30 minute Google process that then you don't even know whether or not you're getting like the right advice, right? So that's for starters then you can browse and sign up for coaching and uh Candace is an example of one of our, co- our coaches but we have this growing network of amazing primarily women but we actually just added a male coach this week exciting so we you know we are sort of you know as i said it's not just for women <laughs> because men are trying to get on the bandwagon as well and then you we do we we focus more on really kind of your your mindset so anybody who's had experience with coaching like life coaching or career coaching this is effectively financial coaching that's really it's integrated with life coaching so we are very much goals based coaching kind of helping you to get a handle on where you are today set a plan have a roadmap, you know think through the format and the actually let me take a quick step back we use a 5a model at willow and then Candice can go into it a little bit more but we kind of help you a we, we call it the five a's first you need to be aware. Of where you are, like, and what your financial picture is, and where everything is, and how much money you really have, because you know the reality is, so many smart, talented, successful women don't actually know how much money they have, or how much money their partner makes, or what types of liabilities that they have. You know, so so it's getting that awareness first is 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 critically important. The second is to aspire. Like, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? So understanding based around your values and like what's really important to you. Third is the acting. Like, so what are what are the tactics? What are the the steps that you need to take? This is the guidance, right? Like what financial moves should you be making? Fourth is adapt because you know, hey, life throws us curveballs all the time. Best laid plans go totally awry and then the fifth is a really important one which we actually added we didn't launch the company with the fifth but we realized we need to take time to appreciate because the reality is that there are instead of all we do if you're a high achieving perfectionist like which I think so many of us are right all you do is focus on what you didn't get done what you still need to do like what goals you haven't and you don't take the time to pat yourself on the back and think about the progress that you are making. And that is so critically important, like for that healthy mindset and for that, you know, ability to then be empowered to continue to propel yourself forward.
0: So Candice, if I'm coming to you and I am a woman who says like, you know, here's my goal. I want to pay off all my student debt or I want to buy a house or I'm getting divorced and I have to figure out what I'm going to do and what my budget is, or even like how to think about money in a settlement. How do you start? Where do well, you start? We, start
2: we, uh, we talk about, there's usually a trigger for the fact that a woman reached out for help. So I like to start with that because that's usually right where the crux of the matter is. From there, we go to getting that awareness phase going. So, in the example of someone who is trying to pay off student loans, making sure they know exactly, you know, what is the interest rate, what are their options, is there any there's forgiveness going on right now. So just being aware of the situation. So many times we come to the money topic with that shame and guilt and we just avoid it and we know it's not great but it's overwhelming otherwise and we've got so many other balls you know that we're trying to keep up in the air that we sometimes just have to do that it's it's pretty much a coping skill so you know rather than making you feel bad about it together we just sort of walk through and see what's going on here let's become aware of the real inventory then we set some realistic goals and the, that's the aspire stage we we know that in society you know one of the big goals is just have as much money as you possibly can well usually there's there's more to it than that there's either somebody that you want to protect or there's a reason that you're saving up where there's a reason you want to become debt free, and so that's really where we make sure we've got realistic goals that are, you know, are achievable. Because so many of us, you know, have these twenty year down the line, you know, goals, and we have to start with tomorrow. So, what are those smaller steps going to be to get to that final goal, and then we take action on it. This is where a coach can be really helpful just by providing someone as a another voice to be able to say, you can do this, you're going to do great, and to hold them accountable. We don't get a whole lot of that in the financial world. So um, it's sort of playing the role of your friend and your cheerleader. Um, and then after we have put things into action, a lot of people don't need coaching for more than you know a few months. They get to a point where they're independent and they trust themselves, and they're doing great. So, oftentimes, I may not hear from a client again until something hits their life that causes them to have to adapt. And so, uh, we are of the mind that if you set your expectation that those adaptations are going to take place or going to be required, it becomes less disappointing when life doesn't turn out the way you planned. And then finally, we would you know, make sure that you're spending the time to appreciate all of the wealth that you do have, whether it's monetary or not, just because we find that that makes all the rest of the steps a lot more effective.
0: I think it's awesome. And sometimes I think about like, personally and professionally, that like, when it comes to the finance piece of it, if it's not something that is intuitive and it's not something that you really have been taught or or understand, it's almost like you've got your whole life in order, everything you know you you're goal oriented, you've set all these things that you're going to do. It's you know you're working out and you're healthy and your kids are good and you've you really all the things you understand are there, and then there's like the junk drawer. And it's like the junk drawer of your life where you're like, I'm just not going to look in it because it's messy and everything else is good. So I just don't want to like touch the messy drawer. But think about how great it feels the day that you go through the messy drawer (laughs) and you organize everything. And then you just, there's so much power in that on the other side of it. And I I would assume, Lacey, for you having gone through this and then, you know, what you went through and and then founding a company into that space, you must feel such a tremendous amount of self-confidence and power in yourself for having gotten to the other side.
1: Jenny, by the way, I just love that. (laughs) That you just used the junk drawer, I'm like, that is so amazing because it is that feeling, right? That feeling of feeling actually like you can breathe right? That you, that you kind of have control of the things that you didn't even want to acknowledge, right? And I mean, and I certainly, myself personally, I feel like I'm, yes, I am deeply honored, you know, that I've had this opportunity in my life to be able to, uh, you know, be a catalyst with Willow. And there's, we have so many amazing women and people who are involved with the company, but we've got this tremendous growing network of coaches and, and I've been able to connect with uh, leaders like Candace, who really started this industry <laughs> and um, connecting so many women. But, and I will say I got, you know, I, yesterday I get a text, I got a text that I get texts like this, you know, once a week, probably from people, you know, I have a friend, a friend of mine reached out. I have a friend and she, I might almost cry telling the story, but she's just like, she doesn't know what to do. You know, she's, she's all of a sudden been blindsided. Her name's not on any of the accounts, you know, she's getting divorced and she's just doesn't know what to do. And I'm, and, and realistically, and this woman I think is a doctor, right. You know, and the reality is that that is, you know, I had like my own experience of that, and yes, and it's going to be okay. You know, one. of the, the most important thing is, if you're going through something like that, it's going to be okay, right? You can get off to the other side of it, but it can seem so overwhelming, right? And or it, and it, that isn't everybody's journey, but that was my personal connection to why I started this company, and and this platform really, right? Because there shouldn't you shouldn't have to feel alone in that situation. You know what I'm saying? And you should know that here's the roadmap to get to the other side. You'll have your own experience and your own journey, but there, there are lots of people there who can empathize and who can support and who can guide you through this.
0: As to women who are in a space that is really important and growing, and there historically has been like very underrepresented in terms of women who are in finance, women who are financial advisors, women who are founders, women who are in the charge of businesses. <laughs> you know, there's there's just like, there's so few women who have, who are in your industry and shaking it up. Do you think that the industry is going to shift itself around to incorporate, or is it going to do what you guys are doing and just sort of like starting off on your own? Because when you see, you know, I'm sitting across from Citibank and, you know, everyone's back in the office and you hear about all the ways in which it's just going back to normal. And normal was not great for women, yeah. not great for women <laughs> who worked there, not great for women who wanted to invest, who want to learn. So are you guys in the forefront of like where we're going or are we going to force? the industry to change or both? So
1: Jenny, I'm so happy you asked that question because I think I started down the path of explaining how we work with individuals, right? Um, But one of the the other parts of Willow, sort of our business model, is that we are pushing the industry to change. We want the industry to transform. And what that means is we are actually partnering with a lot of the big, a lot of these institutions to help them to to transform because they have to, right. They can't go back. And, and that means a helping them to first know how to even talk to women, how to actually, you know, to be able to, you know, start by instead of sitting down and trying to show you spreadsheets to actually ask who you are, what you do, what are your goals, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is, ridiculous, but it still doesn't happen, right? So starting there, kind of as simple as that, but then also making sure, so the network of Willow Financial Life Coaches who are diverse, we're connecting them into teams of, dare I say, white men, you know, who don't, <laughs> but but actually helping them to better kind of diversify and engage because the clients don't look the same, like this great wealth transfer and moving forward, you know, it's not just for them. It's not just the golfing buddies and they, and in order for all of us to be better served, the industry does need to transform, right? So we have this, I guess, to your tier- point, we have a direct and an indirect kind of strategy for Willow. And one is A, to have a a platform and and a resource for any woman who's going through, you know, navigating the ups and downs of life that have financial implications can come and can at bare minimum get free kind of tips and guidance, you know, can schedule a call with a coach, but also we're partnering with these big institutions, not Citigroup, yet, but like we're working with BlackRock and Principal and all these other big firms, and we're helping them to transform and to transform their workforce, to transform like similar to what you're doing their the model, how they, because realistically embracing the fact that most professional women want flexibility, want a hybrid or remote work environment, and the culture you know an inclusive culture that actually supports not only our clients but 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 the team you know because we know we know the data that diverse teams outperform
0: right so you know if you want to be successful then you got to diversify not only that you know women are like we said women are making a lot of money totally. women have access to a lot of money women are you know really. killing it so it, it is in the best interest of financial institutions to figure out a way to make women feel comfortable investing that money and having the, the confidence and the know-how so that they don't, I know that there's been times where I'm like, I'll just, just keep it in my bank account. It feels good there, makes me feel safe. And if I just keep it there, then I'll know that it's not going. I'm not gonna lose it. And taking that risk of like, I invest in something, I don't know what's going to happen if you're not confident and knowledgeable is a big fear for many women, right, no. Candace?
2: Well, yeah. And I think I'm like we, I'll just keep
0: it under my mattress. Right. <laughs> Fine,
2: safe right. Here. But I'll I will say there are times when I can make the argument that maybe some of it does need to be under your mattress yes. or because of the sleep at night factor. Mm. If you are losing sleep at night, you're not performing in any of your roles, and we know there's tons of them. You're not performing at your top abilities. So if money is causing you to lose sleep because you're wondering what happens if I invested in this, then that's not necessarily worth it either. And sometimes we have to prioritize our emotional wellness over even the size of our portfolio. So that's an important thing to remember. And that's kind of a foreign notion to a lot of people.
0: That's true. If you think about it, it's like there's lots of different ways that people invest money. It doesn't necessarily mean that those are for everyone, because you may not be the kind of person who can take the risk of investing in a startup, right? And it's not gonna feel good to you to wait ten years and see if it plays itself out. You know, you might be a person who you know just wants to be like, I love Amazon. I buy literally everything in my life on Amazon. I'm just gonna go all in on it
2: right right and as long as you have done you know a decent analysis to figure out if that is your goal is you're you're a mega fan of amazon and you're willing to take the up and down risk because you have other things going on then go for it but the idea that everyone has to have the same goal to maximize their portfolio you know it's just not reality and it's it's not helping us you know live up to our potential because we get anxious and nervous and, and then you're, you know, you're, well, we talk about all the time that your greatest asset is probably your human capital and your earning power over the next several decades. So we want to make sure that you're able to perform well there. And you're not going to do that if you're, you're sidetracked by these risks that you're taking. Also,
0: what your temperament is and your capability yeah. to withstand—yes, what makes you feel like it's safe and what makes you feel like it's fun—you know, wh- where you mm-hmm. are and who you are as a human. Have you ever thought about bringing this as an educational model for younger women? I don't know if there's any sort of like—I t- mean, where we cater to more like you know, mid-career, mid-life women, but this is the kind of thing where like they definitely taught me home ec. You know, they taught me how to make a snickerdoodle in school, but it would have been really awesome if they had given me access to somebody who was like, here's what a, you know, IRA is and a 401k. And here's how you're going to think about investing and all the things that like then make you feel so like seized up and fearful and that you have to like play catch up. Because it might not be what you wind up doing. And, you know, you're. No. I was never going into finance. I hate math. This was not yeah. going to be my life. But I would have been, you know, I can balance a checkbook. That's basic math. That's not that hard. It's more the, like, institutional understanding about how money works.
2: Yes. And I think part of the problem is that because the financial industry is so complex, we assume that it is going to take a lot for us to understand it. And the reality is you don't have to understand everything. You just have to understand the parts that apply to your life. So that's one of the things that we do in terms of educating our clients. And you'll be happy to know I have a couple of teenagers who are learning personal finance in a public school. So they are, you know, we're beginning to reverse that trend. Um, But by the same token for our generation, yes, there is some relearning that needs to take place. But I like to say, you know, if you can... Organize a shopping trip to the store. You can invest. Like there's tools and things that make it pretty simple from an intelligence perspective or a cognitive perspective. It's not that difficult. You just have to focus on the parts that relate to you.
0: We can all do this. This totally. isn't. We can do totally. a whole totally. lot of really hard things. Right. There's no reason why we can't do this. It's just that we don't want to. Yeah. true well yeah.
1: and also true. just to ju- jump in there's two things that i think we have to acknowledge right now is hard right with inflation and also with the volatility in the market i mean i admit, opened up my portfolio statement this morning and i wanted to cry mm-hmm. right so anybody and i know last week there was you know some commentary about how far down my five my son's 529 plan was I was talking with my dad and he was like, well, at least he's not going to college anytime soon. And he's eight. But, you know, there there are probably women listening here who are like, yeah, next year. And what are we going to do? I mean, so it is really it is a is. First of all, it is a challenging time, but like the markets do go up and down. Right. So that's one thing is it's back to that. Stay the course.
0: <laughs> take it. <laughs>
1: you're not everything
0: alone. goes in cycles like, just everything be prepared in- to bear down for a little while <laughs> <laughs> everything goes and you know there are specific
1: kind of tips and tricks and like sort of to help but but like acknowledging a it's a t- hard time like but and b like i'm so happy candace you know that that your that your children are getting that education and more and more the, i think that they're proactively through th- through schools and the government and there's a lot of efforts to teach younger women we have some more through the work we do with clients we do do um, kind of we do seminars training but I think one thing I've learned too over the course of my lifetime is two things like how to say no and how to focus. <laughs>
0: can't do all the things <laughs> right, i get yeah,
1: it you know, yeah. like cuz otherwise you don't get anywhere when you try to boil the ocean right so so realistically willow itself is not fo- you know is not focused on those efforts well, personally and i think most of our coaches are kind of doing a lot of volunteer work and, and 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 helping but but for for now sort of the folks on the phone are our core audience and trying to transform those big you know financial institutions who have historically done such a not such a great job right? of, of supporting us. But that said, um, yeah, it's critical because, hey, I mean, we all would have been better off if we've learned what the pros and cons of a credit card were instead
0: of just how to make a snickerdoodle, right? You know, I mean, I think back on certain things, like I went to college and I went to like Duke. Yeah. I was like, very smart and did really well in school. And then I got to college and I remember like my mom, they had like the booth set up. I mean, this is like the nineties. So this is old days, you know, whatever. But like they had the booth set up and I went and opened like a Wachovia debit card because, you know, I was in North Carolina. And I remember I, I didn't know that like they would follow me. And at <laughs> one point I just like, I don't know. I forgot. I wasn't paying attention and I didn't have any cash in there. Cause it wasn't like, it was like my mom would send me money. I don't even remember what, it, how it was set up at the time, but that was like my debit card. And and then I like went home one time and I was like, I don't understand. What do you mean? They had like, I'll, no, I don't need to deal with that account. That account just goes away. <laughs> and I understand so many of these things are like that's youth, but yeah. and irresponsibility. But at the same time, like, how did I not understand that it was a bank and they <laughs> attached themselves to my like, or the idea of credit even? What is credit?
1: You are not alone. I don't no. think any of us, I had no idea. I had terrible credit. I didn't even have a credit card until I was like 23 years old. I'm, and same thing. It's like, I I think at that point I was, yes, it was before I went and got my MBA, but I had already had one <laughs>
0: idea that I needed a credit card. I had like my mom's credit card. I didn't ever know that. And you know what? Honestly, like credit is to me, like one of the biggest topics that women need to talk about because like you and I, Lacey, I, I am separated, getting divorced and it's, you know, I'm in a situation where like, I've been married for, since I was 25, you don't have your own credit. If you didn't think about that when you were 24 years old and like how important that would be. And then one day you need to go set up a spectrum account and you can't because you have no credit.
1: That's a tip for every woman on this who's listening to this. Make sure that you have a credit card in your name and you're building your own credit because you never know what's going to happen. Jenny, that's such a really good point. And I mean, and and we didn't, we weren't taught, like we, we weren't you know, the reality is, so don't feel any shame. Like we weren't taught, but it's critically important. Yeah. Cause you can't, you can't then go buy a house. You can't get a car loan. You can't,
0: <laughs>
1: even if you have money, right. You, it doesn't like- matter. You don't have your
0: own credit. And you know, that like Wachovia mistake you made in 1997 oh, yeah. is going to come back and bite your ass. Cause that's the last time you had credit. Yeah. That luckily was not my story, but that easily yeah. could have been. Sure. Sure. And I'm sure you see that all the time. Are there any other, before we wrap this up? Cause I know I, a, I want to ask if there's any questions that our audience has, but are there other like similar kinds of mistakes or tips that you would give people that you see over and over again, that maybe we can just put out like a PSA right now, <laughs> tell them to, you know, credits one,
1: I mean, you've um, got to have that emergency fund, right? Everybody says it, and I would almost double it. You know, they say what three to six months, but I mean, I think having that emergency fund, especially when you're in market conditions, but because it, it allows you to have the ability to be better prepared for the unexpected, like when things happen, right? You know, say a hurricane or a divorce or races. I mean, whatever it may be, right? I and or to start your own business. I, so I, I think, in addition, you know, I, I would say that's just also real critical. Candice, you jump in though.
2: Yeah, no, that would be, I I think the emergency fund ends up being such an all around winner because it provides you with that financial stability, but it also provides you with that emotional confidence that you can handle what is coming. I know in my case, I was a certified financial planner and I knew all the things that I needed to know to be a financial professional. And then I had a sick child and that's enough to wreck you. So I think this is why we really focus on that adaptation aspect of our process is you just have to be ready to adapt to whatever that is. And an emergency fund can take you a long way if for no other reason, it gives you the time to emotionally process whatever has happened. While your finances are taken care of for a little while. So
0: I think that's smart. So you're saying yeah. at least six months in an emergency fund. And especially now, so many people, it's like everyone's getting hired, then they're getting fired, and then they're getting hired. Yeah. Having the it's such a churny world we live in. Yes. Having the ability to know that you can weather that for a period of time until it either smooths out or you get to the next opportunity is really very important.
1: And that's not, it doesn't seem achievable for everybody. Right. I mean, I, and I will say, I know like, cause most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And, 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 and even if, if you're making a lot of money, you know, it costs, it costs. expenses just of, get bigger. Life is expensive, you know, private school of whatever it, it's, it's not cheap. So, but I can say firsthand from my experience, cause many times paycheck to paycheck, but like having, you know, I have a large emergency fund or cash cushion or whatever. And it it is the main thing that has helped me to sleep at night. Having mm-hmm. that, knowing that, okay, I got a year, but that was really important to me. And that made, but wasn't easy to get to that. Like it was definitely not easy to get to that
0: for sure. I'm sure that that's one of the yeah. things that you teach women how to do is put aside yeah. money and to do it slowly and that there's, Absolutely. you know, a way to make yeah. it happen. And
1: I only do that now that I w- had so many other things where I didn't have that, right? you know. I, so because I I I didn't want to ever have to be there again, you know. But
2: and again, that's the long term goal. Your short term goal is going to be let's just have a thousand dollars. Yeah, and exactly. We got to start somewhere, and we cannot put ourselves. You know, we can't say that we we're not successful until we have six months. You're successful every month that you put more in there. And you've got to appreciate what you have completely.
0: This was fantastic. Yeah. I feel better already. And also I think I'm going to take the course. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to do it because like there's just so many things I don't feel confident and don't feel like I know. And you can fake it till you make it, except for you kind of can't in a lot of ways when it comes to finances. There's not really a faking it. Faking it is just ignoring it. And it is definitely for me an area where I'm like, I feel very confident in so many aspects of my life, except for this piece of it. So I'm going to sign up and I'm going to do the course and I'm thrilled. So thank you for coming and being part of this and inspiring me today.
2: You're welcome.
1: Well, Jenny, thank you. I mean, you are such an inspiration in the second shift and and to what you're doing. And I mean, and again, you're not alone. You're part of the majority (laughs) because the majority of women, you know, no matter how smart, accomplished, on top of it, you are. Uh, most of us don't feel like we got it together in this area of our life, right? And but we and, can. Uh, that's we, the best. We can part. very much
0: we can. It's, it's totally achievable. It is totally achievable, and that's why we're here. So I hope that everyone else joins me in changing our mindset around our financial well-being and really feeling strong and powerful about money, because there shouldn't be any little pockets of insecurity and shame or fear. It's unnecessary when there's companies like Willow that can just teach us what to do to get past them and get past those blocks. So thank you for making that happen for us and for creating that company.
1: Well, Jenny, thank you so much for what you're doing. And thank you for everybody who's listening today because you're taking time to invest in yourself, right? You talk about your health and well-being. You know, just as important it is to go to the doctor, get on the Peloton or, you know, go to <laughs> Pilates, really making sure that you open up and dust off that drawer around, you know, that that what was the, the great junk the, drawer, the junk drawer <laughs> finances like, you know, it, it it really stability and well-being is a critical piece of your overall health and wellness. And so taking the time to kind of just address it head on is really important. So, you know, give yourself a pat kind of for doing that today.
0: Yeah. All right. Bye, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you for everybody who came. And um, I really appreciate your time and effort. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, Jenny. Bye. Take care. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. For more, you can follow along at thesecondshift.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and help us make work work for you and for all women.